Yeah, it's going to be the best time. It's going to be the best travel. And then next year when we do another travel episode, it's like, what's an example of good travel? And I'll go, oh, MomFest number one, 2022, North Carolina, Raleigh, <laughs> Lakeside Retreats. Me, Yurt, you, the viewer, coming up this fall on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the travel episode of Travel Under Tratter. So today we're going to be talking about what, going to new places or being on the way to new places? I have no plan. Oh, no plan. No plan. Unplanned travel. Didn't write an outline for this one because you have travel uh, to me to meet a whole bunch of other people that are traveling to, uh, to meet us and hang out. At the Mind Under Matter Campout Festival. Insanity. Which is now this week, now that you're listening. Insanity. It's really happening. I cannot get over it. I go over it every uh, moment that I'm just around here. I'm like, wait, we started this show a year ago, and then uh, someone uh, approached us about the retreat place that they had, and then yeah. all of a sudden we're at the moment in which it's happening. It's so much crazier than that. Because they they approached us as the same time we got the lunatics. It was when we did the International Mum Day um, episode on February twenty second. Too easy, too 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 too, 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 too. And you made an art piece for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You remember we we put some of our artists in it because that was the idea. We wanted to get our artists together. I do remember this one. And and there was a there was a row. We we used some of our artists' art in the row, and your art of people dancing through this row. And we literally have an artist row that (laughs) looks like. I should have uh, manifested world peace. I should have drawn I know. world peace. Instead, you just manifested like some artists maybe making a couple bucks off of their art or Hopefully. whatever. I mean, I can only manifest trinkets when it comes down to it. <laughs> I cannot manifest large scale things. Maybe I can, but I've chosen to only manifest the smallest things. Like maybe I can make $500 next week <laughs> and then I do it. And sometimes I overshoot and I make 562. Oh, that's pretty good. Not I mean, bad. if you get good enough at trinket manifesting though, and then you, I mean, if you get enough trinkets coming in, it adds up, you piece them together. Yeah, yeah. I guess thing. I guess I could you manifest multiple trinkets, not just doing one every <laughs> every month. That could work. But yes, I, I like what if what if that works now? You've you've like had this. Now. You're like, damn. Why can I only manifest a trinket at a time? And you're like, whoa. What about two trinkets? And then that happens. <laughs> That's yeah, it's all called that you had scalability. It's like the <laughs> the being able to think of things like how can it scale up easily mm-hmm. and not like fall apart after a hundred people get involved or after because I don't know. Sometimes I think about my 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 business. I would probably suffer if I got too big of an order because I have to spend the money first and then I get the payout thing. So then it would probably overdraft like crazy if I got too much attention on one day which i'd love to make that happen i'd love to be in debt a hundred grand or something and then in a week get it back yeah 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 that is 
That is, there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of hustling around putting together this festival. I'll, I'll tell you that. I don't know how you did it. I mean, I know that you can do anything, especially when it comes to shenanigans, but I still don't know how you did it. It's happening. It's going to be amazing. Like, I can yeah. understand sending 10 emails, but how does one send 100,000 emails? <laughs> I, I, I did in front of a fire. I yep. sent, I did send, I sent, uh, I sent, uh, about 600 emails one week. That was, Damn. that was the, that was the biggest email week was about, was about 600. Six. Hundred motherfucking eems that I then have to respond to when they responded to me too. That was like six hundred people that I emailed. Six hundred individuals like with families up. and individual yeah. personalities yeah. that maybe they want an exclamation point. Maybe this one is yeah. turned off by too many exclamation points. There's just well, we put a we put a lot of work into this. It's going to be great, and yes. and now and people are going to be sick of hearing. Uh, now people won't won't have to hear about us the build up and the fear of missing out uh, anymore. Now they'll get to hear of uh, the knowledge of having missed out. Yeah, from now on. that's what they'll that's what they'll get to hear. I'm kidding. <laughs> you guys will catch it next year. Yes, um, all will be caught at some point or experienced via Vulcan mind meld. It was a fun learning experience. And and so in, in a travel episode because that that's one of the things that I took for granted is the this is like the curse of knowledge type thing. Even though I've done it so because I've been to some camp out festivals and stuff before I'm like hey everyone likes these things and just most people have never been to never been no you Still haven't, haven't you been. Haven't been a lot a lot of people that are coming this will be their first thing like that and they're amazing and magical and terrific and um and b- because of that it, I don't know you just assume like oh you guys all know what this is right <laughs> Like, nope. I, I have no idea what this is or how it works or anything else. I still don't really know. I mean, yeah, I have yeah. a, a vision in my head of what it will be like, but I'm sure it will not be that. You I'm have sure to be in a physical better. place. Banana got in a few days ago and then and now she, she gets was like, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the just... video won't even do it justice either because the video is competing with all sorts of other videos. So yeah. you're like, well, how is this better than... You know, this uh, Star Wars game or this Lord of the Rings world or something. These are both fictional places as far as I'm concerned right now. Once you're here, your head will start swimming with ideas and and possibilities. But it'll be too late. And it'll be too... (laughs) Well, it's going to be an annual event. It's not going to be too late. It's going to be... Oh, yeah, for this one. Yeah, yeah. But we got a lot of ideas in. It'll be good. Yeah, it'll be great. Oh, I forgot my outfit. You have go. an outfit? <laughs> oh, that My is. plain pillow, which is also... I told you to tell me when you have fun outfit ideas. I that just one actually grabbed works. it. I just grabbed it, and Kat has, like, a, a collection of these. Like, always seems to forget it, and then gets a new one at the... Oh, nice, that's a I travel feel, hat. I feel like this is, like, an old-timey t- travel hat. Like, it... 
That's that's another thing in in terms of like taking things. Whoops. That hat Take. looks ridiculous right now, but in the forties, that's just what a, a normal man dressed like had like exactly. kind of a light colored suit and a hat and smoked ten cigarettes and worked in advertising and only the boss had a typewriter. Everybody else just sat at the desk with nothing. And if that's you what were work was. Getting on a plane to travel. <laughs> that would that would be uh, that would be how you would dress. That's mm-hmm. the best you would ever dress is if you were getting on a plane to travel. Yeah. So you need to be so close to everyone else and you're doing this like really monumental kind of thing in your life. This you know, I mean that was that I I mean I guess we'll get that humans will will potentially get that with space nah. one day. I well one day or yeah s- one day. But will they still be humans then, or will we be some deep fake thing that's merged by then? Just seems like space is the the line just keeps getting pushed and pushed, and it's a harder problem than you think. And the money and the I'm. I'm in a thousand percent agreement with you, but it is it is funny to think about like doing the same, you know, getting a I, I don't think anyone that's done the it was like uh, like Richard Branson with Virgin or whatever, took some people up and and uh, did uh, Virgin a, space, a, a few things, sexiness, and, space, oh. but it's sexy. So you think of sex in the space air. What do you think about him? I think he's a, he's great, right? He seems he seems to be genuinely liked and stuff. But I'm just saying this because I saw one documentary where all his employees are like, "Mr. Branson, we just love your company. Thank you so much for letting me work for you." And I will say one thing: I do love that he invented not having shitty lighting on planes, like mm. the Virgin flight with that nice cool purple or like the cool blue, and it's. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, not everything has to be sexy, but it's nice that they didn't go the opposite direction, which every other airline is like, you work a corporate job, this is a corporate building with corporate lights, and you hate yourself. Yeah. And that's what the message is there, and I don't like it. It's just funny that, like, now that the absolute worst pl- thing about travel is the flight. Unless you've just never been on a plane before or you don't get to do it very often, then you get to look out and you get to see above. That That's pretty amazing that we get to see above the clouds. And yeah, stuff, right? like, if, that's if you control cool. the window. But so often... Always window seat. I booked you a window seat, by the way. Get out of here. Yeah, well, <laughs> Take- I'm not a monster. <laughs> I, and and I and I wouldn't I wouldn't I'm also stubborn and I wouldn't book you an ILC even if you preferred it because I think that I'm correct in that the window yeah. seat is the best seat to have. I don't need to get up to go to the bathroom. It's a, if even if do, it's six you deserve, hours. You you disturb others. They don't disturb you. That's yeah. what it's all about. Exactly. <laughs> so, but but that is I I remember. I don't know if you had the same experience because I was thinking about this and you, I feel like you traveled at least a fair bit more than I did when you were young. Yes. As a child, right? You made up for it later. Yeah, but I remember traveling for the first time and I, I remember being, I remember, I remember being like, 
16, 17 with big dreams of being a comedian that I wouldn't tell anyone, but I know I, I knew I wanted to go to New York City. And wow. I remember Fancy I, boy. Yeah, yeah. To become a stand-up comedian and. And I, I remember, like, singing to myself the what's what's the song? If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> like I remember Stock singing that to in the news. You know, that's a later song from his catalog. You you think of it as a Sinatra what song, was it, like Sinatra. Yeah, no. but he made it in like 1992 or something. It's some ridiculously recent song. It sounds like it's from '53, but it's recorded in, I believe. The early 90s, maybe late you 80s. You want to look this one up? Let's look the boy up. Is... Okay, I'll look it up right now. I like that at the beginning of recording this show, we were like, no, 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 we can't look stuff up. And now we're just, we're the look up boys of comedy. And it's kind of yeah, fun yeah. this way. So what I'm doing right now so that there's no dead air is that I'm looking up Frank Sinatra's song, New York, New York, which was first released in... um. Uh, when was it released? Tell me, internet. Stop, stop, uh, doing stop this. Stop not spreading the news that we want. I don't want a live video of it. Let's see, did Liza Minnelli record it first? Everyone has a song called New York, New York, and it's not giving me the, um, the, the Sinatra one. I know it's a box set. Oh, maybe it was listed in the 50s. Which one am I thinking of? There's some there's some Sinatra song that you think is not from that time. Yes, yeah, it's it's, it's uh, 1977. See, it had like that's that's why you look stuff up sometimes because otherwise those lies will spread and it'll become some Berenstein Bear sort of thing and that yeah. will drive people to madness. But there was another song, like a very, uh, maybe Love and Marriage or something. Some Sinatra song. I'm still willing to die on this Sinatra hill. did Love and Marriage? Love and Marriage. Love really? and Marriage. I guess because together. I always associated it with Married with Children that I just never associated it with the very classy Frank Sinatra. Yeah, but, I guess um, that that's the um the joke, right? Like it's this classy song and then there's this trashy guy and mm-hmm. he's on the couch and he hates his wife or whatever the show is about. Yeah. I, Al um, Bundy, Ted Bundy, Frank Sinatra last song. Maybe this is just the Sinatra episode. <laughs> I so yeah, I, but I I just remember being so excited. I I I always felt like I was in prison, just in my hometown. I just I could not stand it. I couldn't wait to get out. I had big dreams of going to the big city, and now it's like, well, I I don't think it it would take some doing to get me to move to New York City. <laughs> it, it it really would. Like, you mean without someone offering you a big paycheck to pay for yeah, it? I mean, who knows what it, it would cost to, now? Like, I don't know what an apartment costs. Pretty amazing job. And I like I like visiting New York City and of stuff. Of course. It's the best place on earth. Yeah. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. But it's up to you, though. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. New York. New York. <laughs> I think the song I'm thinking of is The Best Is Yet To Come. Hmm. 
The best is yet to come when you stick your finger up your own head. <laughs> the, the best is yet, I'm still looking up and it's not coming It's weird up. when you don't pay attention to lyrics in a song and it sounds so good and then you just hear them for the first time and you're like, wow, those are really what the lyrics are. All right, that the last one I and look it up. feels good when you stick your finger up your own ass. <laughs> That, that was he was a real crooner yeah he was oh 1995 okay there we go you found it but oh but someone else had um someone else had written it a long time ago whatever i forgot that Sinatra, it's fun to watch you experience the thing that i normally do yeah being wrong about the specific being wrong about the other uh, thing and like but but write about it and that searching for like what's the word what was the I know I'm just off by uh because it drives you insane so your if memory works you need like five you need like five associations or so for your consciousness to go ping I yeah. remember this and so you need to work through it like what was the song it had something to do with this this was a thing five interesting so not three i would have thought it was the golden three rule but five is also a magic number at least for that i mean i should say that that number five was rather arbitrary but if you if you want to say like prime people to remember that i've I had alzheimer's yeah or something like that you just you prime them with some subtle cues so that their brain makes the association a little bit quicker mm. and that's how you kind of figure out how many associations are needed for the brain to go oh yeah that thing yeah. i remember that yeah yeah i guess we all have a little bit of alzheimer's every one of, of us, us has some not remembering stuff yeah it's just if alzheimer's is i, I mean so what do you think if alzheimer's is just non-stop tip of the tongue for eternity with everything <laughs> with everything is is that hell to you or is that i mean there's some there's some sort of there's a sense of uh there's a sense of there's a lot going on with tip of the tongue moments there's like there's curiosity there's frustration but there's mm. you, you there is comfort in that you do know even you if know it's other real other people <laughs> even if other people don't know that you know you know that you know it yeah. I've said the Ramdas quote before, right? Where he got uh he had a stroke and he said that words are clothes we use to dress up concepts to send mm -hmm. them out into the world. And now closet closed. So yeah. he knew there was a closet full of clothes and he just couldn't dress up the concepts in words to to send them to people. So yeah, frustration is probably the number one. Curiosity also, but probably the frustration masks that flavor yeah because there's there's a bit of embarrassment and stuff too you know frustration Maybe it is hell. i don't know are there happy alzheimer's people i feel like it depends on your personality if you're okay with letting go of everything then maybe you're fine and if you're a very type a like no i'm losing my togetherness you know what I you know what I thought would be amazing is if I have a um, like memento type condition happen to me. Uh, HM is the famous that was the guy's initials that uh, that was the real patient that the movie was based on. Harry Memento. Harry, yeah, it was Harry yeah. Memento. 
<laughs> that was an ink. <laughs> wow. That was a great guess. You knocked it out of the park. <laughs> it was, in fact, Harry Memento. And um, uh, the, the guy that could literally only remember things for a very short duration of time, he only had short-term memory, and none of it could be integrated into long-term memory, but he remembered everything before this one particular injury or stroke or whatever it was had happened, and he became just one of the biggest guinea pigs of all of science ever. Like every, like it, it was, it was a dream for scientists to even get to meet this guy. <laughs> He's one of the most famous scientific studies and patients that there's ever been. Because he just gives you science. such good data, and it's just fucking fascinating and scary and weird and he never remembers you and stuff and then so you go and you like meet him and then you like <laughs> you go can i meet him again so he can not remember me and and uh and he but and, and then but they also they also find out that that subconsciously you can be trained over time like if you you have uh you you tell someone to pick your right or left hand just an arbitrary thing and then every time they pick your left hand you give them some like terrific reward or with the right hand you give them some punishment or something like that and over a handshake or a slap yeah the right hand you get a slap pick the left hand (laughs) nice to meet you over time even though they'll walk in it'll be the same person and they're like hey nice to meet you they've consciously never met this person before they will know what hand to pick over time mm. it gets in there the yeah. uh, la way of meeting people is the opposite of that in that people you don't know you say good to see you just because yeah. you don't remember who you've met and not met and then so everyone even if you've never met them they'll be like good to see you again because they don't want to be rude maybe you were the boom mic operator on their their film they shot three years ago so i just handed a comic in town a brochure for the mind under matter camp out festival and then he was like, how's it going? And I was like, oh, sorry. Give me that back. I didn't mean to give that to you. <laughs> I apologize. I know who you are. You're awesome. You treated them like a common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just handing them a flyer. But you should really check out my thing. Yeah, I'm in it. So I, I, I do... It's weird because we went from dressing up to travel. Well, I don't dressing know. Dressing up to only pajamas and bare feet, and uh, I'm and I'm guilty I of that too. It. I don't. I'm for uh, it. Yeah, I know a lot of like boomer comics complain about like, have you seen these kids on the plane? Or they're they're dressed in their pajamas still. When I was a kid, if I was still in my pajamas at eleven, my dad would have beat my ass. No one is successful if they're still in their pajamas by eleven. I'll wear them all day because that's uh, the way they're treating us. Yeah. I'm matching the level of treatment that the airline gives us. I love that you do that. And also, when I I haven't flown in like nearly three years now. What? But I I used to fly on average twice a week uh, for a long period of time, 14 years or something. And... And I would like every time I got off the plane, 
I wanted to burn my clothes just every time. I just like it was the first thing I did. I'd get in a hotel, I'd take my clothes off and I would stick them in a corner <laughs> somewhere so they wouldn't be near anything else because you're just sitting in a I love I love that planes are just like, "Oh yeah, planes are just perfectly ventilated and they're just like it's amazing. It's better than fresh air, actually." <laughs> Everyone should, if everyone just lived on a plane, there'd never be a I'd be respiratory the first suicide. <laughs> ever, a respiratory virus ever again. Are you fucking insane? When you're on a plane, you can feel on your skin just like a coat of human breath <laughs> on you. That's what it always felt like for me. And so at first, it was like, yes clouds hooray i'm traveling somewhere and then after a while it was like i can't yeah just do this twice i don't remember week. ever loving it even i don't remember my first flight it could have been two it could have been you know four i just remember always having somehow been on planes here and there and i just only remember my ears popping and not being able to to get up mm -hmm. and there was no tvs back then and there was no ipad with the you know, the bumper case that all the kids have today and they can watch How to Train a Dragon 18 times and there's <laughs> yeah. none of that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know. And and you mentioned Virgin. It is amazing. And, and JetBlue is amazing as well. And traveling internationally is, uh, can be really good because it's, it's, like traveling domestically on Virgin or JetBlue, which sucks because they, how haven't they just taken over the world? How, Dude. how aren't they the biggest airlines in the world? Instead, they go to like five cities or something like that. It's so frustrating. Cause mm. I would, I would, I would have been a member. I would have like, yeah, I, I, I would have loved that experience though. You habituate. Yeah. That's a problem. You get into first class, now you can't go back to coach, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's probably something to do with the bottom line. It's harder to sustain. And then with, uh, you know, United and stuff, just bottom line is killing it. Cutting corners. Who cares? You're only taking us because we're a good price. Yeah, yeah, And another yeah. one. And also they're more new. And I think this might be fake information too, but I think Richard Branson started Virgin because one of his flights was canceled and then he just he wanted uh he just I feel like i really like richard branson that's a wonderful fun fact i interrupted you oh no oh, not at all awesome. no i love him too it's just i'm i'm uh careful to love uh, yeah uh i don't i don't know what he's actually done he could yeah. be a horrifying monster with the best pr face ever right but but maybe he's awesome I know it's not nice to just not like billionaires all of a sudden, and it's very virtue signaling-y. I mean, I'll love billionaires. Rihanna, Oprah, Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg. You got to have your Facebook. You got to have your Instagram. Um, Donald Trump. You got to love the president. You got to support the troops. Um, yeah, uh, give who's another people billionaire? something to aspire to. Jeffrey Epstein. If don't speak didn't get to the aspire dead. to be a billionaire, why would they work? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. That's how it's, it went from like, who wants to be a millionaire? And then the first episode was like, is this guy really a millionaire, though? And he was just 
kind of worth a million dollars total with his house or whatever else and they're like fake millionaire i need i need more <laughs> and now they're up at praising billionaire we that was a quick jump yeah. people are people are complaining about inflation now which is like your groceries costing a percent or two more your dreams your but but the point is your dreams your dreams now cost they went from a million to a billion yeah a thousand x i grew up on to be a millionaire now that's like uh, that's what i need <laughs> to get by to retire yeah i guess maybe a million to retire hmm and then who knows how much taxes is eating it like you don't know what every year it's like well we want a half of your sitting around money and then we need another half of your sitting around money and then we need another half and then i give you a million dollars and you can't do uh you can't sell entertainment anymore there, there was a situation like this in the in the show hacks Oh, yeah. Um, she says, uh, I'll give you a million dollars right now to never do comedy again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a million. So someone gives you a million dollars. You could go out and drive a forklift or whatever, like have a normal job. But otherwise, you just ride it out on this million dollars. You can, but you get to be a, you can invest it in any way that you want. So you don't think, you don't think a million dollars has you for the next 40 years of your life? Um,. No, perhaps it does, but I don't think I would ever take that deal of I'll give you a million dollars to not do this. The thing that you yeah. really enjoy, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll give up popcorn or something, but <laughs> something medium, not not giant. I'll give you... That would have been a better scene. I'll give you a million dollars to give up popcorn yeah very non-sequitur like, oh are you are you serious are you uh, i don't know <laughs> and yeah and says no that would be a sweet flex hex is a good show i wonder what's happening to it and all of hbo because i'm sure you've heard some of the smattering chattering flattering of it being sold and they're nixing all the old content so that they don't have to pay out royalties so then all the original programming is going away and i believe nat geo bought them or discovery or something bought them discovery bought them and yeah it's it's weird you wouldn't have thought discovery had that kind of cash but i guess they do boy I'm, i'm out of the loop i don't know much about it i don't know much about that i don't know the biden hitler speech i don't know um i see people talking about his background was crazy or something yeah that's it. Or I don't know what he said. Maybe it looks he said like my like, background right now or something. Just a little more red, probably. Okay. And then he's like pounding it's his crazy, fists on man. a podium. You can always make a photo op of something. He was but, pounding his yeah. fists on a podium? <laughs> probably not. He probably wasn't pounding anything. I mean, if <laughs> I, it gives me hope if Biden was animated in, in some if he had enough blood coursing through his veins to pound on a podium yeah, like, you'd have to get oh, all of it thank in there. goodness 
Is he the oldest president in history? Yeah. I think he might be. Yeah, we don't think is. about that. Seems like he's doing some pretty good stuff to it. Seems like he's been like kind of crushing it lately. I don't know anything because I don't read the news or anything else, but it seems like he's just been like sort of like getting a lot of good things happening lately. I, I don't no know idea. if that's true, but if it is true, that's hilarious. Maybe like, it's the, the, the team. Fuck? And then the president always gets in the right, way, and then right, the people right. in the and then team you make the can, speech and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I can do stuff. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I'll probably know less, even more. But maybe, maybe we'll know news again in like four years. It'll be exciting, and then we'll know the news again. I mean, I think I I don't think it's that news isn't exciting. I think people are fatigued. I think they're like yeah. burnt out. I think it's too exciting. It's I'm burnt out like, on everything. I'm genuinely <laughs> worried about my mental health. Are you a little? I have. <laughs> yeah, been. it'll be good though. It'll be yeah. good. I won't be. Hang- you won't find me hanging tomorrow or anything. Oh, that's good. You'll I've find been... it next week. Yeah. yeah. How old are you again? Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight okay. years. Yeah. 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 38 yeah. years of being generally this. Not exactly this. The atoms are like cycling in and out and stuff and it ages and it uh it ages too much after a certain point it starts to get gray and fall apart, but generally it's been this. Oh. Yeah, I know. I I mean uh I I was I was falling apart a bit and uh, banana got here a few days ago and we just started crushing just like email stuff and like last minute things that need to be done just working like 12 hour days in front of the computer Damn. and stuff and it was just we were just knocking it out of the park and I went from I went from being in an, an anxious paralyzed state of oh my god I can't believe what the fuck uh, and uh, we just we handle it all and now i'm in a i'm in a very good mood i'm excited for the festival and uh and it's all gonna go great and then i can't identify with this state when i'm that other guy that <laughs> needed to dip back into tv and yeah things. if only the two could talk to one another if yeah, only the the depressed self and the yeah, the exuberant self could somehow come to terms, like mm. war terms, like don't violate these, uh, you know, yeah. rules of warfare. Like you will not become <laughs> depressed during this week and then we'll allocate you this week to be depressed. Do not cross this line. Yeah. But it doesn't care. I would settle for that one. What was that historical Christmas where everyone put their arms down and went across enemy lines and celebrated Christmas with one another? I don't know that one. I know the trope, though. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a Klingon Uh, trope, too. I remember there's an episode where the Klingons are going to war with each other, but then they're all drinking the night before and having fun. That's a thing. It screwed up war really bad. (laughs) <laughs> they had they had uh, like uh, the, both sides were in trenches for like weeks and weeks and weeks and they waved the flag around and someone got the idea out there that they should just like take a day off celebrate christmas together and they listened and they did it and then the next day they had lots of trouble killing each other they had they they were they would be like firing 
and missing on purpose and stuff. Um, ah, what was that? Um, and they were all Christians, if I guess, if they celebrated Christmas. Do you need to be a Christian to care at this point? Christmas no. is evolved. I'm not Christian. Like we always celebrated thing. it. You know, you get the tree, you decorate the yard, you compete with the neighbor, you ask for something not too big, you ask for something just big enough that you might get it. You get it, you play with it, it becomes a childhood memory, you try to revisit it 10 years later, doesn't really quite work the same. I can't play Donkey Kong Country now and feel the joy I felt in 1994. That's forever in 1994. Yeah. I can try yeah. that. Yeah, I I was usually I I was usually a shit during Christmas. I was usually like slightly disappointed. What did you my ask parent. for? Like dirt bikes and BB guns and stuff? No. My uh, the the best thing that I ever had I asked for a Nintendo and then my parents like the ritual was you got all of the good gifts at night and then Santa Claus would go, would deliver and then you get some small things in the morning. So Santa was the big ones? No, the parents are the big ones, and then, but but Sant, it was confusing. It <laughs> depended. It, it was my mom's family was so big that they needed to figure out how to schedule everyone coming together and when Santa was going to come and deliver things. Irish Catholic, like right? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so yeah, I didn't I didn't get my Nintendo that night, and then the next day. The only thing that Santa delivered was a box that was like a big like refrigerator box or something. And I was like, I don't care that it's big. It's not a Nintendo. That's some bullshit. And I unwrapped it and it was a Nintendo in there. The they big box it. trick, which the you didn't big, know yet. I didn't know yet when I Everyone spun. knows the big box trick after a few Christmases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was lucky in that sense that I had an older brother that... We got those things before I even knew what they were. Like, uh, you know, we get a Super Nintendo, and then he's all excited. I'm like, yeah, what's that? This is something we're supposed to be excited about, right? I'm only one foot tall. Great. <laughs> and then and then it's just always there. I've, like, never had to ask for a, a gaming system. It just was always mm-hmm. there. I had a, a bigger force at nature there. Things were tight. I remember wanting a television and finding a black and white television at a rummage sale that I like begged my mom to get me and she loved me. So that was most of my first Nintendo experience was on a black and white uh, TV. (laughs) Wait, you never got to plug it into the main TV? Uh Uh-uh. Why not? Uh Oh. You never tried? Well, maybe... You'd rather Maybe be I private? Yeah, I wanted to be private, yeah. Yeah. I would sneak my Nintendo out of the house to go and play it on, on people that had color TVs. <laughs> Why is it sneaking it out? Sometimes. Because it was like an expensive they oh. you know, they really went overboard on this thing and I knew I knew that. Um yeah, it was called the Christmas Truce, by the way was a series of widespread un, uh, unofficial ceasefires along the Western Front of the First World War around Christmas 1914. 
so 1914. That's when 1914. World War II is like a billion years away. Mm-hmm. 1914, when cars are new, <laughs> when slavery ended three minutes ago, when oh, who's the president? Truman? No, Truman's 30s. What's going on? What What else? Uh, do, do you have cars yet? What, what's going on with the car situation in 1914? I what think so, think? right? I thought cars are turn of the century, kind of 1900s. Uh, mass produce? Yeah, maybe. For, Ford around by then? I, th- I feel like Ford's like, uh, I don't know history at all, so this would be fun. I feel this would be fun for the audience to be way smarter than us in this trivia aspect of things um what's uh i'm gonna give i'm gonna give ford like a when do you think the model t happened when do i think without looking it up okay taking the window away i bet it happened in 1912 really yep i'm going later than that i'm saying uh 1920 Assembly by like 24. Can I look it up? Yeah, yeah. It has to do with travel. We found our way back to traveling. Yeah. Model T I mean, Ford these, car these for Mind loose. Under Matter podcast. How is built was when? All right. Looks like Henry Ford was born in 1891 and the Model T was built in, wait for it, 1908. When was he born? Or uh, he, Ford was born in 1860, who cares? 18, no, 1891. And then the Model T came out in 1908. When he the Model was... T. So what, he was 18? Or he was 18? in his 20s? 18? I mean, you, you had like he a mortgage and a job. <laughs> You had been to war 18 times by age 10 back then. <laughs> he built the Model T by age 8. Did he? Was he 18? What? Okay, let's do the math here. Born in 1891. Okay. Yeah, okay. His his father gave him a pocket watch when he was 12. By 15, he had dismantled it and remantled it and got the reputation of a... Uh, thing and then he was good and then in 1892 i completed my first motor car 1892 oh sorry years active he was born in 63 sorry years active i was reading years active no no he made it in his 40s or something don't worry thank god that was that was i'm just full of wrong information today i'm like wrong information sally like Frank Sinatra wrote, you know, uh, YMCA in 1998. This is the most wrong you've ever been by a long shot. It's I fun. wonder what my most wrong episode was. Mm. That'd be uh, a good one. Right, right, right in the YouTube comments. What was my most wrong episode? The pandemic one. All of that was fake. (laughs) There was never a pandemic. It was Pfizer's uh, um, conspiracy from hundreds of years ago. Mm. Which now, now that all this has has gone by, is there a word on who like can can chips be cashed in? Were people wrong about it? Were people right about it? 
like was it was it effective was it partially effective but not as effective like i don't even know uh well the the thing i don't know it, it, it's like there there's hmm. do you really want me to go into that i, I mean can. if you got a short uh, version because it's a diff it's not a vaccine <laughs> episode but i mean yeah i mean i mean i haven't uh i haven't I haven't dug into COVID recently because I just became too fatigued and I got sick of being yelled at by people. But, <laughs> um, and so they won in that regard. Yeah, uh, they wore everyone down. Yeah, just <laughs> wore every single person down until we all gave up. Yeah, um, the CDC says it's sure. okay to lick everything now. They just don't. They just want to go home. They're tired of bomb threats to their house yeah, and their yeah. family. Yeah, that's what happened. I mean. There's a lot of counterfactuals involved, which is which is like the the idea of of like presuming some alternative reality. Like had had there not been mandates or something like that, like oh the mandates were wrong a lot once there. But if they hadn't, if if they and I was never sure what I thought about mandates. I had people early on that were. Um, that were uh, against them. Um, Carrie Nixon, one of my, one of my guests, that was like, "They don't work in history. They just never have." And she was a history person, not a mm. virologist, not a not an epidemiologist, a history person that's obsessed with disease and plagues. And she is just. She wrote a book called "The Quarantine Life," and one of her like big statements early on was like. I mean, seems like good on paper, but they just don't like people rebel against them. It, like people that's that charge people, yeah. Psychology is more important than any uh, you know thing you work out on paper. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, where are we? I don't know. Like, there's been so many mutations and things. I can tell you that right now, I am excited for the new variant vaccine to hit the stage and i can't uh i have no idea how useful or effective it will be but i'm excited for it because there's almost no downside to it whatsoever oh nice almost nothing but upside and uh and and the and the vaccine worked really well for the uh for the og variant it was incredibly effective and the shit just mutated too fast but well, i'm just looking forward to getting it so i can have a guilt-free day of not doing anything well it's it, it's it's good to think about because it's like well what do you do what do you do whenever next time or when there's a new variant what do you do when one of the most contagious viruses in human history happens i don't know i don't think you play it down it's like you, like I have a, uh, I have a friend that stuck around for Katrina. He had he had just moved to New Orleans, and I remember talking to him on the phone. I'm a risk taker, you know. Like I'm, I'm more adventure. I'm putting together a weird festival and putting my life on the line and income and everything else for it. And I I just remember being like, Are you sure you don't want to just drive like away <laughs> it's just you can just drive back to wisconsin it'll take you 
a little bit of time to do it and and he was just like oh, it'll be fine this is just blah 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 and then it just because so many people did that it just turned into much more of a nightmare than it ever needed to be and now people are like sitting stranded in a stadium and and mm-hmm. things like that and and Katrina also could have just missed it could have just turned last minute and that person could have been like you were an idiot it was never i can't believe all these scaredy cats that and instead he ended up being there for eight months with no power well eight months no power people were like taking canoes to rob convenience stores and shit it was fucking insanity. Eight months. That's got to change you. <laughs> yeah. Eight months of not doing whatever all this is. Maybe it is healthier, but not if you're... Um. But how about this for some pandemics? So let's combine it with, uh, with travel. travel. Yeah, travel is good. This episode is about travel. Travel now for 20% off travel. I don't know if in the pandemic episode that we did in December, did I get to talk about parrot fever? Because it's so fascinating. I feel like you mentioned it, but didn't go into it. I I think so too. I think you're right. It's so wonderful for for a travel episode. um, What happened was when flights became, became, uh, you know, attainable, to the average person and people dressed up in their fancy uh hats and suits and everything like sunday that. best fly, yeah your sunday best you'd go down to people could travel to south america to the tropics to paradise and have these luxurious vacations and they'd want to bring back souvenirs for their friends and and so around the 40s or 50s there became this influx of people bringing back parrots and things to their friends and because you have a fucking talking bird you can bring a talking bird back to, hey before I, uh, internet before what a TV. fucking flex I, uh, I i i flew down to south i flew down to a different world <laughs> by the way i brought you back a talking <laughs> bird that was the equivalent of space travel back then. <laughs> yeah. That's actually going that. to space and getting an alien. If, if Musk, exactly. If Musk, if Musk got you to Mars, which he's, there's not a chance in the world that he's going to, not a chance. But if he got you to Mars and you came back, that would be nothing compared to, like, like you said, bringing back a little alien that can copy you and speak your language. Amazing. And these things took off. And so then everyone wanted to, then the, the cheap thing that you could do was just buy a tropical bird. Oh, and say you'd say you went. Yeah, 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 and give that appearance and stuff. So now they're packing all of these parrots in crates, shipping them to California, which is then distributing them everywhere. And then, and they they're becoming like the hottest pet on the market. <laughs> pet parrots just exploded in the United States. I forget what the numbers were because it's been. 
over a year now since I've read this, but it was it was like in the millions or something of fucking parrots that were being brought here to be given to people like anyone who was anyone would have a fucking parrot and that's like a pokemon go like moment in history because like there's these strange pockets of a trend happening and it gets washed over unless you really read deep history but i wonder how many of these like yeah there was six months where everyone just walked around with like a boot in between their butt cheeks and like a clown nose and they would just honk it for for two weeks it was a rage and then everyone forgot about it Uh, does pokemon go still exist the same way MySpace does, probably, where you wow. can go to it, but there's no other humans using it, I bet. That was it. That, the, the, the pressure to be on Pokemon Go I loved was it. very intense. You did it? I loved it, and here's <laughs> why. Because it melted uh, social boundaries where all of a sudden everyone was walking around with their phone in areas like... 20 years ago, you would have been shot for wearing the wrong color. Like, Mm. we're walking around East L.A. in a shirt, like a red shirt, you would have been shot, or a blue shirt or something, Mm -hmm. or a white shirt, you would have been shot before. And then you're talking to strangers, like, hey, is there a gym nearby? Yeah, I just saw one two blocks over. Cool. And it was so strange. And I wasn't spearheading it. I just got, like, sucked into it for a week. And maybe it was because we were all sick of Hillary and Trump. I think the whole trend only lasted for two weeks. We were just <laughs> all sick of Hillary true. Trump. Everything was Hillary Trump, Trump, Hillary, Hillary Trump, Trump bad, Trump bad. Hillary not best, but way better than Trump. Hillary worse. <laughs> Hillary go jail. No, Hillary go jail. You don't talk like that. Trump go jail. Trump go jail, Hillary president. And then we just did that for a whole year. And then Trump wins by a narrow margin and then gets to stay for four years. And then and then Hillary has like a podcast now or something. It's oh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, so, yeah, parrot, parrot fever anyway ended up. Uh, what what happened was they they started packing parrots in crates and did they get their own crate or each one is like oh no 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 they were all clumped together in a crate and like that's just fucking parrots where the disease happens and yeah you don't want to be in close quarters of things so they had a disease that in natural spaces was like just not terribly problematic and and it wouldn't express itself and it wouldn't become symptomatic but once you just crammed a whole bunch of them together which is happening to every single organism on earth for the most part right now especially humans um they they uh they they started becoming symptomatic and and then becoming uh highly contagious so all of them would get it and it would give them diarrhea nice and this diarrhea would dry and if you inhaled the dry diarrhea from like diarrhea (laughs) diarrhea from like cleaning the cages or whatever (laughs) 
you would they didn't know this at the time you you would you would get this what they ended up calling parrot fever was exceptionally fatal it it, it wasn't uh it wasn't like i couldn't if i got parrot fever i wouldn't then pass it to you i don't if i'm remembering correctly it wasn't uh i don't think it was contagious outside of the zoonosis okay um but uh but it was pretty damn lethal and that that was the i believe that was it was the advent of the biohazard soup because they went to study it in a lab in a basement and they they knew it was exceptionally dangerous and then and so then they started wearing these biohazard suits but then it would get through the cracks in the door and so like just other people in the university or whatever started getting parrot fever oh, and imagine like, working Jesus. all your life studying hard night after night after night not going out with your friends only to inhale dry parrot diarrhea and die because of some project going on next door it happened to some people i yep. wouldn't say many people but it happened and that's when they're like there's uh, I guess there's these small particulates in the air or whatever. And, um, and that was the establishment of the, uh, was it the CDC? Um, maybe the CDC. Um, uh, I, I think so. But let, let's call Something it Something like now. it. Something really big. And, and then, the the kind of story ends with so then they they go they go hey uh we need to start testing we need to start regulating this bird trafficking and the bird traffickers are like this is a plot against us to do this if I can. and they're like we, well we just need to test your birds so that and and we can give you an approval which will be in your interest. If all the birds pass, then that's something that that can be a selling point for you. And they're like, if you do this, then we're going to keep on cracking down on our bird business. And it's been the same thing always. All a big conspiracy, you know, a couple scientists trying to do the best they can turns into some big conspiracy because of indifferent people that don't want to take the time to understand it. How do you and know? How do you, I mean, I know in that case, it seems obvious, but how do you know when they are actually Hitler and you're the actual Jews? Because many people love to say that we're the Jews right now and they're Hitler and they're trying to come after us. But I how think do you... testing and falsifiability and like, and you go, well, if this were the case, how would I, how would I know it? And how would I test that? And if I was wrong, what would that look like? and thinking of falsifiable predictions. And just that phrase alone has just turned a million or a billion people like, ah, stop using your big words on me. <laughs> science I, boy, you're hit uh, science Hitler. Yeah, if you're wrong, what would that look like? It's a, it's a, it's a fun way to think about life. And, it, and it's improved our lives dramatically. Um, and so eventually they... They had, um, what happened was a, like, senator ran against these, like, you know, uh, the, the, this 
government power it wasn't government power it's just scientists being like can you stop huffing bird diarrhea like all of the time it's killing you and and the sender like that was his platform was running against it because his wife was big into birds and had like 120 of these fucking no one should have 100 birds even a zoo should have like 80 and she got parrot fever and then, and then she was like on her deathbed and one of the lead scientists who had had it himself and barely survived had antigens in his blood and donated his blood to her and then she, when she recovered she then became an advocate for parrot regulation that's at least she had the uh you know the dignity to <laughs> because we, because we're anecdotal thinkers you know you need a personal story it needs to happen to you or someone close to you you need to believe that it's real you know you need to, you, you can't just yeah sometimes your wife has to snort parrot diarrhea before anything can get done <laughs> as the old saying goes yeah as they like to say as they like to, to sound say. like a cliche here so uh, I have a question for you. What's one of your favorite trips that you've ever been on? Hmm. Favorite trips that I've ever been on. There's a lot like New York. Um. Let's see. I don't know. None of them takes the cake, but a lot of mini ones that I would all put as equally Fun. We just went to Mexico recently. That was a big blast. Had the niece and nephew there. Never uh, been to Mexico. Yeah, Mexico is rocking. We got pulled over by the police. We had to bribe the police. We uh, saw the monkey sanctuary. We saw you the. You got to bribe the police. Yep. You mean. You yep. got to bribe the police. We got to bribe the police. I wanted to bribe the police. <laughs> My whole have to bribe the police. I've always wanted to bribe the police. It's a scary situation to be in. You got to bribe the yep. police. It was awesome, That's... and we read about it in the in the manual where like the police is corrupt and everyone knows they're corrupt. And what they're going to do is if they pull you over for anything, they're going to say that we're going to have to take you downtown right now or you can pay the fee here and it's less if you pay it here but you have to pay it in cash and then the fee was uh you know 1500 pesos or something like that which is the equivalent of what 7500 bucks or something but they're basically saying give me cash now or i'll take you this and we'll have to do the paperwork thing and they don't want to fill out the paperwork and plus wait, they wait, don't wait, get wait, that wait, cash wait 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 did you mean between seventy five and a hundred dollars? Yeah. Or did, okay, because you said seventy five hundred bucks. Oh no no between seventy five. Okay and yeah okay okay okay. <laughs> no, I don't think they could have sustained that because then no. you'd have a lot of officers just quitting after a few. Yeah. Maybe that's why the bribe is only a certain amount. They can't become, uh, you know, ultra rich. They just yeah, have to get a give little them a hundo. something. But that was fun. Um, I went to Hawaii with my family when I was in my early teens. That was fun. Went to. Whoa! Can I ask you about that? You sure. had fun with your family in your early teens? <laughs> we had yeah. such a different upbringing. We had such a different relationship with our family. I mean, it, it wasn't 
swimmingly all the time there'd probably be moments that i can't remember now where there would be some kind of bickering sort of thing mm -hmm. but now that as you grow up you you start to compare your family with all the other families you've seen you're like oh no we're very well put together like the little pockets of of upsetness or bickering or whatever thing is nothing compared to what's what i'm seeing everyone else go through oh yeah i mean i i i I, I feel very privileged in my upbringing, but I absolutely hated every family member that was around me at all when I was, <laughs> when I, I, I mean, it's a source of guilt for me. So uh, I think that's pretty awesome that you got to And that's be, probably like, what they would want to have the Catholic guilt. Yeah, yeah. Guilt is like the best emotion. Yeah. And shame. Shame and guilt are the, the oh, two, yeah. the one and two punch. Howie. I'm like a sinking. I like uh, I I've started adding pits in my stomach because I was getting <laughs> sick of just having like one <laughs> one big pit in my stomach. So I yeah. started I started categorizing my pits a bit and having having a few more yeah. compartmentalize. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had someone say that to you? They're like, are you okay? You seem very upset. No, I can compartmentalize. And they compartmentalize that and then <laughs> do the other thing. Like, man, I don't know. I don't know other trips. I went to New York with the orchestra in high school. I got lost and uh, they went to the Statue of Liberty without me. And then they found me a few hours later. And Were you scared? Not really at first because I was just kind of spaced out and I didn't realize everyone was gone. And then when I realized everyone was gone, I was like, hmm. And then I was like uh, looking at this ferry going away and I was convinced that they were all on that ferry going away. But really, they had left on a different ferry a while ago. And then they came back around the time that I had noticed that they were gone. And then they were like thrilled to have found me because the teachers and stuff were probably more worried about their reputation and stuff having lost a, a kid but it was a yeah. whole thing and then I was like in all the artwork because you know they like make a, a little scrapbook of the trip and stuff like I was this little character that was lost on the top of the World Trade Center which was still standing at the time year 2000 I missed it by a year mm. if we had gone on that trip one year later which wouldn't have happened because it's only a trip that happens every four years but had it happened then I would have been on top of the World Trade Center as the planes were hitting it front row seats <laughs> people love stories like that don't they yeah, yeah, yeah i mean the best one is seth mcfarland he literally had yeah. a ticket on one of the uh world trade center flights it's funny that they're called that now but he slept through it and missed it that is pretty amazing yeah you wouldn't have family guy american dad cleveland show the orville ted whatever else he has to stop doing so many things i feel like i disagree How, i think uh, you should put it all in orville i'm a fan it takes everything that i can do to keep up with this show <laughs> I, I don't get how someone's making 10 shows here's, here's a little hint it's funded heavily. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of yeah, course. we're we're very scrappy. We get by with no ads and just yeah, all yeah. Uh, listener and viewer support. But yeah, if you've Patreon. got money from com Mind Under Pod. Mind Under Pod. Yeah, but if you've got Fox giving you like 
you know, a hundred million dollars or whatever it is, then it's easy to like, oh, let's start another show. Let's start Mind Under Frog, where we only talk talk about frogs. And then the frog show becomes bigger than the main show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no money does unlock everything. It it certainly does. I can I can tell you that with with festival stuff. There's been times where I've had to be like, okay, well, we don't get any of these things anymore. And then, oh, well, here's a better solution. And now, uh, okay, this this could work, and this can work, and then, uh, and then sometimes when sales come in, it's like, okay, every single sale that comes in just unlocks a better potential for the festival. That's all yep. that it does. It doesn't end up. None of it ends up in our pockets ever. That's that's no. the code that we live by here at Mind Under Matter. Is that no, none of it ever profits us in any way. Me neither. But we will we will increase the quality of our output in some way. <laughs> I used to uh, admire that until I'm living in it. Now, like, oh oh, I need to God. find a big payday. But, uh, like, you know me, I'm a big Frank Zappa fan, and I always loved that he would talk about, like, you know, all the money we make goes back into the business, goes back into recording equipment, goes back into hiring other musicians, yeah. recording space. And, like, so it was always about putting whatever you made back into the next tour. And I feel like yeah. we do that with the fest. We do that even with my my books and stuff if i'm sold out i just buy more books so i've already lost the money that i made mm-hmm. selling those first books so i'm just never there's just never money it's just always just sustaining a a thing and i'm like why am i just sustaining a yeah thing i guess to provide joy but i mean that can't be right <laughs> i don't not I don't think it is right. I'm <laughs> I'm in agreement. But it's what uh, we do. I heard this. Yeah. I heard the funniest. Uh, it was funny to me at least. But uh, Nick Mullen, previously of Come Town, mm-hmm. currently at the Adam Friedland show, he said offhand, like, "I'm going to start treating my behavior as though it's sensory input because I don't have any control over this." I'm just going to start treating my behavior like a smell or something because I'll <laughs> yeah. just find myself being like, why am I vegan now? Like you switch to veganism and be like, why am I this? Because like, yeah, I watched yeah, yeah. one half of a documentary. I'm not really making a choice. I just kind of am stuff. I'm just kind of doing crazy, stupid stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just treat your behavior as though it was just something you saw or smelled or you don't have any control. I watched a couple of really good clips of him recently doing of stand-up. Mullen? Yeah, yeah. There's some funny stand-up out there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's getting back into it. Stavros also got back into stand-up. I think they got tired of just making millions off of their cum show and just decided to shut it down and just go back into clubs and seeing if they they're still... They shut it down? Well, the, kind of. They, uh, they ended the show and Stavros left and now it's just Nick and Adam and their current project is trying to make a mainstream show. Really? Like make, make him the next Seth Meyers. It's actually I, very funny. I, I, 
I don't keep up with any, you know, I don't listen to podcasts and stuff, so I don't know. But No, I, I keep up with this one because, I mean, it's someone I know from uh, a while back and because mm-hmm. I find it funny and because... I don't know. Sometimes I'm, I just get down into one rabbit hole. It's the the thing. Like this is the three podcasts I listened to this month. Maybe it's Rory Scovel and Your Mom's House, and then this month it's Jackie Cation and Laurie Kilmartin and Come Town and whatever. It's or the Scott's Bass Lessons. Just it's always <laughs> like three that I just go to that are. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just three that I listen to, and then. And I get bored of it, and then I come back a year later. But I have a question Travel. for you. Traveling um, between since, shows. Since you're traveling to the the camp out, you're In doing twenty four hours. Yeah, you're doing. Oh, less? Is it? No, it's less than twenty four hours. Oh Christ! That you're leaving. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Um. You're. You're doing. In addition to a bunch of things at the camp out, you're doing Dan Ariely was like, you know, I've always wanted jazz accompaniment at, at one of my talks. And so you're uh, helping out playing bass for that aspect of it. Yeah. How hard is something like that to do? Because to me, it seems um, like all that I know how to do is hand whistle. <laughs> So for me, like in my mind, I go, well, okay, someone's talking right now. And then I'm supposed to hand whistle from time to time at the right key moment. So they go, uh, uh, Newtons are, uh, super fast. And then I go, and I don't get how it works, but you know, music. Yeah. Are you, are you, Am I worried about it? Yes, I have yeah. some. I have some wood shop uh, work. Sh- I have some woodshed stuff I got to do for it, and I'm going to be playing the bass for that and for my solo set. I'm going to do like a bass, looper, pedal, violin combo. But with the jazz thing, I need to because uh, they sent me a list of standards that we might play, and the tricky part about that on bass, at least, because with drums you're, you know, playing rhythms. With guitar, you're kind of feeling it out. And uh, I mean, guitar is pretty difficult too with it. But with the bass, you have to remember the the key changes. And in these standards, there's like twelve. It goes like across twelve different keys. So you're playing like the root, the fifth, and then just kind of going up chromatically. But just it's about remembering as though it was colors. Like a lot of rock and roll songs are just like this is the color red. And then in a jazz mm. one, it'll be like okay, it goes red, blue, green, green, purple pink red orange red and then it loops and then it's like okay wait what i said it goes red and then you have to remember and that's why it sounds like random notes to most people because it's it might as well be random if you don't know it what the pattern really is it sounds really intimidating yeah i, I was about I, to ask the guy cra- like you got crazy anybody that else you signed up oh do you want do you want out of it I was going to ask the guy, because here's here's what I'm asking. I'm going to say, like, You hey, have so much going on, dude. That's yes. why, because when, when I was looking at the standards, I'm like, can I actually do this well? 
or will I be like making it sound dissonant if oh, I don't learn it you, right? You, you, you'll be fine. You, 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 your performance will be good and it, you, you won't make it worse and no one's... I might though, but I was going to still ask for a backup in worst case scenario because I do want to learn these standards or we could just kind of play it by ear because I'm good ear. I can like, I can hang with any, anything in the moment. But then if it's like, okay, you got to remember these 12. No, I think you're a riffer. I, I, and it should be riffed. How are you going to play this? I saw a little bit of that conversation. And it's like, how do you play a song while someone is giving a talk? No, you riff. Right? Yeah, but you, but if we're going to, because I don't know what kind of musicians they are. Because if they're not, uh, jammy people and they're more like no stick to the changes then we've got a little bit of a clash because Whoa, then we've got to okay. stick to these changes but as long as I know what the or changes I are what do tool I, I no 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 I retool <laughs> just I play can, tool in the background instead it, it, it's, just, it's just you don't bring any of these things to me because I can fix all of it easily yeah. oh I didn't I didn't think of it as your uh uh, your problem because I have the email contacts and I was going to just talk to the people but yeah, yeah. I did because um, a lot of people already know the jazz standards and I just don't because I was mm. never a standards uh, you know in actual jazz band person I was more of a listener and noodler and that kind of thing but then as they sent the list and I'm looking through it I'm like hmm I may have bitten off more than I can chew right now Oh, well, we're going to get rid of the list then. Either. No, but you like to do it, right? You want I'd to like do to it. do it, but it comes down to what is... Uh, no, does, does he then care? we'll get rid of the list. No, no, we'll no. See. He doesn't care. I know him. We'll get rid of the list. Yeah, okay. these are things we'll you got to bring to me. Yeah, we'll get rid of the list. It'll be fine. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, also, I can also just great. have the chord changes in front of me and just follow along. I don't know any of C that major or what B it means. Flat F F G A B C major again. Yay. <laughs> I, I don't know music at all. All I have is my world-class hand fluting. And, and we'd like you to join us. <laughs> I've never jazz hand fluted. I've never done anything but copy another thing you want to try to guess one sure oops i did it again yep yep Oops, I did it again. I played with your heart and got lost in the game. Oh, baby, baby. Uh. Does it say baby? I thought she said baby sometimes, like baby, but she says her baby is like, like the way that Michael Jackson said chamona, like when he's saying come on, but it's like chamona. Is that what he was saying? Thought so. Well, what does chamona mean then? I was never a Michael Jackson fan, even before Come the on. things. I remember my friends, um, I remember being like four or five and my friends showing me the video Thriller. Oh. And they're like, isn't this the most amazing thing 
you've ever seen and I was like no <laughs> it's not Atari is Atari by a long shot Atari is the most amazing thing I've ever seen and then when Nintendo came out that was the most amazing thing that I've you know what I think seen. it is some people I think have something in their brain that really loves watching people dance and we've seen <laughs> it recently about like look how popular just dancing videos are on TikTok and it's easy to write off and be like oh it's just base level stuff like we love the high intellect but it does something to people to watch someone yeah. do a coordinated dance and get more people involved get some costumes in it and it's next level I was listening to something about in the late 70s some music producer discovered that any successful music movement had a had a, a clothing thing that went with it and mm. once they figured that out they're like oh well then fuck the music let's just figure out the clothes and then we'll think about the music later and then that's what started the real corporate <laughs> punk movement with disco yeah it's uh, all about the clothes it's about the clothes and uh, the moves and then the music is a later thing and that's why so many people who are like why doesn't this music Kurt popular? yeah that's a clothes bands. too something i heard about kurt cobain recently which i had not Don't considered was it. he was uh there was there's half of him which we all know which is the corporate magazine still suck it's all, uh, you know, do, doom and gloom. This is bad. We're going the wrong way. I'm authentic. And also there was a side of him that said, I want to be the biggest band in the world. Oh, he had those ambitions. I've read all of his diaries. Okay. Like, then you already had, know that. But that, he, that's such a disconnect. Those are two completely opposite sentiments. Yeah, because but he also... Hmm. It wasn't because he wanted to disrupt the system or anything like that. That was a, he, I think he just like, like no, it's an the ego thing, just it. like me. Yeah, it was. I'm just, no different. It was an ego thing, but he hated. But he was, he was like particular about his taste and things. He was like re writing the meat puppets and stuff. Um, uh, a band uh, he he would eventually cover. Yeah, like eight um, times on the Unplugged album. On the Unplugged album, that would be their biggest claim. Yeah. Nothing fame. on the top but a bucket and a mop and, and an illustrated book about birds. He was very nervous before that recording. And, um, and yeah, he, he was writing them being like, we have this video coming out. I'm telling you, I think it's going to be really big. There's like cheerleaders with anarchy symbols and stuff like that. That's what he's reading, uh, writing the meat puppets. Wow. And, and yeah, it's, it's really fascinating to Did see. Did they reply? Um, uh, I'm not sure. I, I would I love I, a whole I, I coffee table side. book about icons writing other icons. Where, you know, you hear about, like, uh, you know, Kurt Cobain writing the meat puppets. Prince used to write Joni Mitchell, like, really? love letters of, like, how much he loved her music. And, like, w with, like, he would write the twos as the number two and the U's as a U letter, just like he did in the song titles. Mm. Uh, Frank Zappa wrote, or no, he, he used his birthday money to make a long-distance phone call to Edgar Varese who's this like eccentric composer 
this French composer. And back then there's no internet or anything. And he, he just deduced that like, I thought a man that made music that strange could only live in one place, Greenwich Village. So I looked, I called the the operator for Greenwich Village and asked to speak to Edgar Verez and they dialed up and sure enough, it was his house, but he wasn't home. His wife picked up, but he, he nailed where he lived just based on the sound. He's like, he's got to wow. live in Greenwich Village. He's got to. Is that a real story? Real story. Wow. Yeah. 15 year old Frank. 15? Mm-hmm. Wow. Imagine huh. using your long your birthday money to make a phone call. That's all you want. Like out of any object. Like, no, I just want to call this guy. His wife answers. That's a yeah. big day. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> you made a connect you actually found him? Like, even if you don't get that's amazing. Huh. Yeah. Like you would call Robert Sapolsky's wife. <laughs> yeah. I I would to tell her to stop clanging pots around when I'm trying to record <laughs> with him. <laughs> uh that adds to the charm of the apps. Oh yeah. But um, another thing about travel is that some people travel by boat, not just air and uh car. I looked at some boat carpet today, man. It's not what I was hoping it's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tricky. You mean it's harder to cut than you thought? It's harder to cut. It's harder to paint. Everything is harder about it than maybe that's what the point of it is. It's like more resilient. <laughs> I know it doesn't want to be anything but boat. Carpet. I don't have a doubt. I don't have a doubt in my mind that it's not a basic boat carpet. <laughs> Boat carpet is your jazz standards on bass where you're like looking at this like, oh shit. So I don't just, I don't just listen to it for a few minutes and, and have it figured out like I have in the past. I have to actually study. Oh boy. Yeah. I have to go and physically move and physically do lots of things. And, uh, no, no, I haven't been terribly physical all summer. I haven't been playing that much pickleball and stuff like that. I've been just been emailing, right? I've been wheeling and dealing. I've been on the phone. I've been emailing. I've been doing that sort of thing. You got to be a uh, successful businesswoman with a tread or not treadmill uh, elliptical. You got to be like, yeah, that's true. Making deals on that elliptical. Yeah, I got. I got to get the. I got to get the pants for it. Yeah, businesswoman pants. I think those successful businesswoman in a white room with three plants and one laptop in the center of the white table. Do you have a do you have a horrific travel experience by chance? Oh, I've got to. Let's see what I've blocked out before. Mm-hmm. I think the worst thing about travel and and this isn't necessarily true, but it's a space in your mind that is unavoidable if you travel enough where you go it's all McDonald's it's all McDonald's everywhere (laughs) great what's the McDonald's like here this is like it's all the same shit who cares that's that's the worst 
And you can't avoid like, you. You cannot avoid that. You'll go and like, blah blah blah. Some part of your brain will do that. It's like, ah, I've seen all this shit before. That's the worst part. And that's not the place's fault. That's not the travel's fault. That's just the brain being cynical and negative mm. about a thing more than. So that's your worst travel. I hate that aspect of it when it, when that when that gets firing and it doesn't I can go to the same city three times and have a different completely different experience of it. Yeah. I also I also I I was like a maximizer of travel. I used to I used to get on like double decker buses and stuff. I I would do the whole Aren't those thing. only in the UK? I would whatever travel. Th- I've I've been on ten different Segway tours around the world. Um, it, it, like I love taking touristy. Uh, yeah, I, I love taking tours of new cities because it's it's so silly and weird, but you get to see a bunch, and also there's everyone on them is strange. Yeah. Always. They're all tourists, always. too. They're always all tourists. It's all the type of person that would go on that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I know it seems like such an obvious stoner thought, but I just was... I was really integrating now that every review I've ever read was written by someone who writes reviews. Every negative comment I've read is someone that writes negative comments. You're, yeah. And you, you, for whatever reason, you're like, no, this is... A, a random sample size person. No, it's not. It's a random sample size of this specific group, this specific group, this. I it, tell myself to write, I don't write, hmm, have I written bad reviews for people? There has to be one or two out there that I've written. There has to be. I can't think of any. You have to face but, those when you go into the afterlife. Yeah, I, I rightfully so. But, uh, but, Good reviews? That's what I really beat myself up for because I'll have something amazing at a place. I'm like, this is how did I get so lucky to have found this place that that I just took a chance on? Wow, I need to write them a review. And then I just forget. I do sometimes, but more often I forget. Me too. I'll have a Lyft driver that was great, and then the next time I open Lyft, it's like, how was your ride from Ronaldo? Like, oh, that was six months ago. I should probably give him a thumbs up now. Like, they already got the tip, but like the thumbs up part. (laughs) Dude, you just nailed the most common Lyft driver name of all time. Ronaldo? Which is Ronaldo. They're all Ronaldo all they're night. all Ronaldos. They are, and they're great. Some of them like to talk. Some of them will talk if you want to talk. Others of them not talking, and they're just playing the pop hits of the 2000s. Uh, are they doing it for me or for them? You'll never know. Well, I look forward to seeing you in, uh, I don't know, twenty four hours. 48 hours. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I know I say that now, but by the time I'm I'm stepping off the plane, I'm all gravy. Can't wait to see you. It's going to be Me great. Too. Yeah. When's and the last time we saw each other physically? Like a year ago? 
It was before mom. No, it wasn't because you came uh, oh, that's to right. LA we and you pickleball we played pickleball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been, it's yeah, been a it's while. Been, it's it's, it's been not twenty twenty two because yeah. we were we were still living at the old place last time you came. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. nuts. To the viewers at home, though, we're in the we're in the and same cats room. Cats coming. Yep. Hot diggity. Ah, oh, it's gonna be great. Yeah, it's going to be the best time. It's going to be the best travel. And then next year when we do another travel episode, it's like, what's an example of good travel? And I'll go, oh, MomFest number one, 2022, North Carolina, Raleigh, <laughs> Lakeside Retreats. Me, Yurt, you, the viewer, coming up this fall on Fox. Well, uh, we hope to see some of you there. And other the rest of you, we hope to see the uh, next time around. And until next time. Keep on salivating honeys.